How you guys doing today? Doing good? Shout out to all the dads out there. Um, I know right now that we had some extended worship and it was beautiful. Um, and so the sermon is going to be just slightly shorter. Okay, that's my father's gift to all the dads out there. Don't say amen to that. All right. All right, so we're going to be in uh, Psalm 103 today. I'm really excited to share God's word with you. How many of you are ready to hear God's word today? All right, cool. So we're going to read Psalm 103, and uh, this is uh, one of my absolute favorite psalms. It's 22 verses, and we're going to read the whole thing because it's all that good. It's a psalm of David. David says this. He says, my soul, bless Yahweh, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless Yahweh, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives your iniquity. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Yahweh executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. Somebody say amen to that. Or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like the grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, Yahweh's faithful love is toward those who fear him, and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. Yahweh has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless Yahweh, all angels of great strength who do his word, obedient to his command. Bless Yahweh, all his armies, you servants who do his will. Bless Yahweh, all his works and all the places where he rules. My soul, bless Yahweh. Amen. God is so good. And, uh, you know, before I, before I jump into this here, I want to I wanna tell you a story uh, about a day in the life of Joey Jurgen. So I woke up, I've been trying to wake up earlier in the mornings. How many of you are morning people? Me, oh my goodness, can you guys lay hands on me, all right? Can you pray for your pastor after the service? We're going to do an altar call for me, and you guys will all pray for me after the service. I am trying so hard to be a morning person. Uh, you know, it's kind of a pickle because I'm not a night owl either, so I guess that just makes me a tired person. I don't know. Um, I just require, if I don't get at least like eight hours of sleep, I'm just a butt the next day to everybody. It's just how it is. And so I've been trying really hard to go to bed early, wake up early. I wake up at 5.30 this week. Anybody wake up at 5.30 or earlier? Okay, man, you, okay. I thought I was like really impressive, and now you guys just made me feel like 
um, pretty much is the same as everybody else. So uh, way to keep me humble, guys. I appreciate that. Um, so I've been trying to wake up early, and uh, I, I woke up, and the first thing on my mind was some different things that are happening with my other job and some changes that are happening there. And I'm trying to think through Kelly and I are, are remaking this budget thing that we're on. And so, so I wake up, and I'm thinking about work, and I'm thinking about finances. And I go downstairs, and uh, every morning I drink a tall glass of water with lemon juice in it. Because I've had kidney stones, I see Mike shaking his head here, I've had kidney stones in the past, and it turns out that lemon juice should prevent these things, right, for all sorts of medical reasons that I don't know, okay? So I wake up and I'm thinking like, man, I gotta drink my lemon juice here. So I'm drinking my tall glass of water. As I do, I'm scrolling Facebook for a minute, I see this post about something with politics, I don't know, something about the, the chaos that we all live in. And uh, so, I come to the Lord's presence here, I'm, I'm waking up early, I kneel down to pray, and I realize that not even 5.45 in the morning, and my mind is already thinking about work, about finances, about health, about politics, and it's, it's not even 6 a.m. yet. And you have to realize, my brain doesn't usually turn on till like 10. And in this moment here, I realize that like, I'm already beginning all this stuff in my head. And chances are, if you're like me, you realize that it's actually sort of normal. And that was the most surprising part to me. The most surprising part was how normal that felt just to be thinking about all these things all the time. And my mind just goes through these like, how do I figure this out? And how do I deal with this? And how do I work through these things? And chances are, for all of us, you have issues in all of these areas of your life. You're trying to figure out stuff with work and with family, with finances. You probably have one or two health issues in your life at some area or another. And so all of us were just sort of navigating all these things. And what I, what I came to is I, I opened up my Bible and I came to Psalm 103. And I see David here saying to himself to his soul, bless Yahweh, bless his holy name. And there's something profound here in this psalm which I want to share with you. And so right here in the very first verse, David reminds himself to bless the holy name of God. He says, bless his holy name. And you see, it, it starts right here because if we're not careful, we will let the outrage and the anxiety and the exhaustion of this world overwhelm us at a moment's notice. It doesn't take much. We're constantly tuned in to all the stuff that's happening on the news or online that you're supposed to be outraged about. You're trying to figure out stuff with your finances and with your job. You're worried about things with money or with your health or whatever it might be. And if you're not careful, you will let the circumstances of life dictate your own joy. You'll let the circumstances that are out of your control dictate whether or not you have peace. And the reason that's no way to live is because if you wait for circumstances to give you peace, you're probably never going to have peace. If you wait for everything in your life to line up perfectly before you have joy, you're never going to have joy. 
And so what I want to encourage you to do today is to anchor your peace, your hope, your joy in something that is not moved by the shifting and changing circumstances of life. And what that is, is the holy name of Yahweh, the holy name of God. And I want you to know here, this isn't some general positivity. This is not some self-help motivation. This isn't just, well, let's look at the glass half full for a little while. That lasts you about four and a half seconds. What you need when stuff happens in your life, when it feels like things are out of control, is you have to see that God himself reigns over everything in this world, and that's something that can never change. That his name is holy. That his name is above, that it's separate. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your name be holy. Let it be honored as sacred. And I want to encourage you here, when you, when you come into God's presence, whether it's in church, maybe you're praying as you drive in the car, maybe you read your Bible before bed at night, whatever that means for you, it's so easy to let God's presence just be this casual or ordinary thing. And David here, he reminds himself that God's name is holy. And you see, holy is not just like God does all the right things and God is pure, although he is. To be holy, to be sacred, is to be set apart. That God is in a league all of his own. That God is in a category all by himself. And no matter what happens to you, me, this city, this world, God will always reign from his holy throne. And so I want to challenge you here when it feels like things are happening, things are shifting, things are changing. What David gives us here is the tools to anchor ourselves in a God who doesn't change. That he reigned before the storm that you're in. He reigns now in the storm that you're in. And he'll reign long after the storm is over because he's holy. Because he's righteous. And so he, he has to, to tell himself, hey, bless Yahweh. Bless his holy name. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of the goodness of God. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. Here's what he goes on to say in verse 2. He says, bless Yahweh and do not forget all his benefits. Man, how quick we are to forget the goodness of God in our lives. It's like we all have memory loss. We're just, we will pray for God to move in a specific way for 10 years. He'll show up and do something amazing. And the next day it's like, man, I need God to do something else for me now. And we just forget the history of faithfulness in our lives. How many miracles has he done in your life? How many ways has he come and moved and done what you and I could not do for ourselves? Do not forget all his benefits, he says. He forgives your iniquity. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. You see, what, what God does for us forgiving our sins, healing our diseases. Some of you have testimonies of the healing power of God in your life. I know, I know Gary has one. Some of you at the, the Monday House Church have heard Gary tell the story about his knee being totally messed up. And it wasn't even about Gary's faith. He said that he took an angry nap because he was mad at God, laid down on the couch, 
Doctor said couldn't walk for six months. He woke up from the nap, able to walk. Went back to the doctor, said his knee was as good as a 16-year-old's knee. Never been in better shape. The power of God. The power of God. I'll tell you, I, I had a story. I went to the, the doctor. Like I said, I've had issues with kidney stones on and off. Doctor did an ultrasound. They said, you have a, a five millimeter kidney stone. Now, if you don't know how big five millimeters is, look at a ruler sometime. It's like the size of the Colosseum. It's huge, okay? And uh, they said, uh, this is actually the largest stone that you can pass naturally before you need to have surgery. It was right around the time, actually, um, Kelly was pregnant with Zachariah, and uh, we walked into the hospital. My wife is nine months pregnant, and they were like, actually, you need to go to maternity. And they were like, no, we're here for me, okay? And uh, the, one, the, one, the one nurse was like, yeah, I've had four kids. Kidney stones are worse. And so while your wife is birthing your child, you'll be birthing a little raw. And uh, it'll be a great time. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cut out for this. Um, so I prayed, listen, I've prayed for God to do all kinds of things in my life. I've never prayed harder than I prayed for that rock to disappear, okay? Fasting, weeping, speaking in tongues, doing a dance, prophetic declarations, all of the above, right? What, like, Lord, I need you to move. Now, I was told, like, this thing's gonna hurt. It's gonna be, like, the worst thing you've ever experienced in your life. I ended up kind of having, like, not really that much pain, to be honest, and they just said, like, well, it'll come when it comes. Could be in you for years. When it comes, like, you're going to know. I ended up getting some imaging. Six months later, there was nothing there, nothing at all. I asked my urologist. I was like, hey, listen, I was, like, you know, doing some different natural things. And he was like, yeah, none of that stuff works. And I was like, well, then where did it go? He was like, well, it's pretty rare, but it's possible you passed it without noticing. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I'm not cut out. I'm not the kind of guy that's like, I could handle pain. Like, I quit right now. And I was like, I think it was a miracle. And he was like, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, it was a miracle. Like, it is a literal miracle. There's no explanation for this. And it's, it's not like, again, this isn't like I'm just really good at squeezing rocks in my kidneys and making them disappear. Like, it's just not possible. It's the power of God. And we could, we could go through and tell story after story of the healing power of God. David says he, he redeems your life from the pit. Has God redeemed you from anything? You see, what, what you need when you're in a battle, when you're in a storm, when you feel like everything's falling apart, what you need is to look back on all the ways that God has already redeemed you because that testimony is the faith you need for right now. That testimony will fuel your faith right here today. It says here, he, he redeems your life from the pit. This is verse four. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. I love this line right here. So this, this phrase, faithful love, is the Hebrew word hesed. And this word hesed, it's the Hebrew word for love. And the thing about it is it carries such a broad range of meanings that the translators don't even know what to do with it half the time. Sometimes they translate it as affection or mercy or loving kindness or faithful love. What this hesed love is, 
It's the kind of covenant love that God gives to people who are in this covenant agreement with him. It's this loyal love. It's this faithful love. And I love this picture here that God not only forgives our sins, he heals our diseases, he redeems us from the pit, and then he crowns us with this Hesed love. You know what crowns indicate? Crowns indicate status. Just uh, not too long ago, King, uh, is it Charles in Britain, right, took the throne. His mom, Queen Elizabeth, was queen for like, I don't know how many years, 400 years or something. And so all of a sudden now King Charles here, he's, he's given this crown. And I saw this article. It was unbelievable. Let me, uh, let me read this to you. It said his crown had over 3,000 precious stones. 2,868 diamonds, 273 pearls, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. The piece weighs a hefty 2.3 pounds and is worth several billion dollars. Not million, billion dollars. Now, when we talk about crowns, right, we're talking about status, we're talking about position. We're talking about authority. And you see, the, the crown of the believer is not something as cheap or as small as metal or diamonds. What you and I are crowned with, what our status is, what our achievement is, is not career success. It's not financial success. It's not a bank account. It's not prominence on social media. It's that we are crowned with the Hesed love of God. We are crowned with his loyal love. That's the status that you and I have as the people of God, that we are those who are redeemed from the pit. We are those who are healed of our diseases. We are those who've now been given the, the loyal love of God, not because we deserve it, but because it's who he is, crowned with the loyal love of God. It says he satisfies, this is verse five, satisfies you with good things. Let me tell you, friend, God is supremely satisfying. In this one, you see, it's, it's maybe the most important one of all. Because you see, you can have theology that, that God is all powerful. You can have theology that God is all wise. You can have theology that God is all good about whatever. You can have all this theology in your head. But if you don't see that he's all satisfying, you'll consistently run to the idols of this world. You'll consistently run after other things that will leave you empty inside. But when you find that he satisfies, you'll gladly leave everything else behind. Man, I want to tell you, he satisfies today. And so many of us, we have, we have a doctrine of God as creator, as father, as all of these things. But deep down, we don't really believe that he satisfies. We don't really believe that he can satisfy the deepest places of our hearts. And so in our heads, we're Christians, but in our hearts, we're atheists. Because we don't believe that he really will satisfy the deep places of our hearts. John Piper says this. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Let me read that to you again. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Church, let me tell you something. The Lord God satisfies. He satisfies better than any relationship than any dollar amount in your bank, than any vehicle, than any house, 
you could leave all that behind and have the Hesed love of God and you'll be good to go. And we, we, we acknowledge that that's true, but deep down we wonder if he really will satisfy us. There's an old, old line from a preacher that says, you don't know that God's all you need until God's all you have. And sometimes it's the trials of life that reveal to us that all that stuff that we thought we needed, when it's taken away, we realize we don't need it anyways, that he's enough. I want to skip here to verse 18, or 8, sorry. I want to read through 8, 8 through 14 again real quick here. And I want to close with this. Yahweh's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in hesed love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. This, this passage is so beautiful. It's so incredible that the Lord God, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loyal love, abounding in faithful love, that there's this abundance to the love of God. There's this super abundance to the passionate, affection, merciful, loving kindness of God, that there's an abundance to it. And it says that as far as the heavens are above the earth, that's how great his love is toward those who fear him. That it's, it's so far above, it's so far beyond, that as, as far as the east is from the west, how, how far is the east is from the west? It just, it just keeps going, it's infinite. That if you go east and you just keep going, you'll just keep circling around the globe to infinity. And if you go west, you'll just, you keep circling and circling. And, you, and there's this endlessness, there's this eternity that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our sin, removed our transgression. It's this loyal love. And I want to tell you here today, as much as you probably say that you believe in the love or the grace of God, deep down we still doubt it. Then maybe you're like, Joey, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I find new ways to sin every day. Guess what? He knows your dust. Others of you might say, like, actually, Joey, it's these one or two areas, and I keep messing up in the same area again every day. Guess what? He knows your dust, and he's removing your sin as far as the east is from the west. And I want to tell you today, no matter how sinful you are, your sin is no match for his mercy. Your wickedness is no match for his justice. And I know you think that you're bad, but you are not as bad as God is good. You don't like sinning as much as God likes forgiving. You don't. I know it's like, man, I'm just, I love this sin, but I don't want to love it, and I'm trying to fight it, and I don't know why I keep doing these things. I want you to know His mercy and His grace will far outlast all of your sin. And some people would hear this and they're like, well, so is that a license to sin that we could just do whatever we want? Absolutely not. Any more than someone who just came out of the pit would want to jump right back in. 
any more than a fireman who brought you out of a burning building would want you to go back in just for fun. No, no, no. It says he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. You know, I used to hear that growing up and think, well, God's removed my guilt. He's removed the punishment. And that's not what it says. It says he removes the sin. So what, what the Hesed love of God does, what the generous, abundant love of God does, is it, it teaches us to remove the sin from our lives. Someone who spent a lifetime in the Hesed love of God should be somebody who's purging their lives of sin. Why? Because that's what the love of God does. The love of God does not let you keep jumping back into that pit, jumping back into that burning building. Oh, don't get me wrong. If you turn to him in repentance, he'll forgive you every time. He will. Sin is the dumbest thing in the world. And what do we do? Like an idiot, I jump right back into that pit every time. And then we're like, man, how did I end up in this pit again? It's what we do. And yet, for anyone who calls on the Lord from a pure heart, his love will be there to meet us every time. And what his love does, instead of just letting us go back and pull us out, go back and pull us out, his love teaches us to remove the sin that destroys us. How could the love of God do otherwise? How, how could a loving God not hate sin that destroys us? How could a loving God not hate the sin that corrupts us? Romans 8 tells us that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. You know what that means? It means that the outcome is guaranteed and you look just like Jesus. The outcome is guaranteed and you and I are flawless because the love of God has changed us. The love of God has saved us. The love of God has removed the sin as far as the east is from the west. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect tomorrow. I'm not perfect today. I could tell you that. But over the course of years and decades in the love of God, we become purified of all that would destroy us, all that would corrupt us. The love of God, it saves us, it heals us, and it sets us free. That's what the love of God does. Now, I got I to gotta close here. Oh, my goodness. 11.15. Okay. Final verses. Verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, Yahweh's hesed love is toward those who fear him. His righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant and who remember to observe his precepts. Here's what I want you to know just as we close. Life is short. The love of God is eternal. The pain of this life, the doubt, the anger, the questions, the confusion, the grief, the sin, the sickness, right here, all of it, all of it is like grass. It's here one day, it's gone tomorrow. Kelly and I, we have some flowers. They're really beautiful for a little while. And then you blink and it's like summer's over and the flowers are gone. And here's what David says. He says, your, your whole life, it just flies by. And the weird thing is the older you get, the faster it goes. When you're, when you're a little kid and some older person comes up and they're like, oh, I remember when you were this tall. And you're like, well, you know, you're, you're old. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, you know, time's flying by. And you're like, is it though? Or are you just getting old? Like you don't understand. And then as you get older, you're like, man, they were right. 
like you blink and like a decade just passed. That time, it flies, it's so fast. That, that like the grass, like the flowers of the field, it's, it's here one day and it's gone tomorrow. And I wanna tell you, this is not me just giving you some general positivity. I'm not telling you to stick your head in the sand and pretend like your problems aren't real. I'm just saying that, that the problems of this life are about this much compared to the ocean of eternity that you'll be enjoying the loyal love of God, that you'll be enjoying the faithful love of God. And I know it feels like pain is the default. Disappointment is the default. Sickness is the default. But I'm telling you, those things are just the exception for a few short years on this earth. And you and I are stepping in to the age to come when all things are made new. And when you don't know pain anymore, you won't know sickness anymore, you won't know sorrow anymore because the loyal love of God is renewing you and me and the whole world. And he's inviting us to step in to the age to come, to the new creation that he's already making right now through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's making all things new. And he invites us to step in to this covenant of love with God. All the pain, all the heartache, I know it feels like it's never going to pass. It's like this shadow just hanging over your head. And it's always been there and it's always going to be there. But I'm telling you, it's not. That God has reigned from everlasting to everlasting. He was there before the shadows. And he'll be there long after the shadows are banished by the light of his love. It's the loyal love of God. So, so bless Yahweh, church. Bless Yahweh, oh my soul. Don't forget all his benefits. Don't forget the one who's forgiven your sin, who's healed your diseases, who brought you out of that pit, who's crowned you with loyal love and compassion, who satisfies you with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Don't forget it, church. Don't forget the loyal love of God. I know when the storms come, it feels like that's all you can see. You can't get past, you know, when, when's that next paycheck going to come? And how am I going to figure out this mess in my family? And I don't know what's happening with my job. And stuff's happening in my body that I don't know how to deal with. And I want to tell you today, don't forget the loyal love of God. Don't forget all his benefits. And bless Yahweh. Bless his holy name. He's going to reign from everlasting to everlasting. He's going to remove all of that as far as the east is from the west.